Greetings, friends. Future Andrew here, dropping into these past episodes to tell you thanks. Thanks for checking out RTAF. If you're valuing the show as a wellspring of inspiration and artistic fuel and would like to help keep the show going, you can find out more about how to do that at patreon.com slash podcast. Every little bit adds up and keeps me inspired to bring you quality content on a consistent basis. Thanks for listening and stay creative. This episode is brought to you by Lost Sailor Leather. LostSailorLeather.com has a bunch of awesome leather products that you can browse. And if you use code RTAF, you'll get 20% off. Cheers. Welcome to another episode of Artsy AF Podcast. Thanks for being here. On this week's episode, we have Mr. Ian Spencer. Ian is a tattoo artist, a wood-burning artist, dabbles in permaculture, can shred a skateboard. He's a workaholic and just an all-around good dude. He's super cool. We talk about the path of tattooing, the whole experience, like he's opening up his own shop called High Desert Tattoo in Estes Park, Colorado. That's right. Go follow them at high.desert.tattoo on Instagram. Yeah, check them. So, check them out. Yeah, so he's leaping into a full-time career as a tattoo artist and owning his own shop. And then we don't just talk about that. We talk about, you know, the whole quarantine situation and the possible transformation of individuals and society as a result. We talk about the intimacy of of tattooing Mm. and all the things that come along with that. We talk about the value of hard work and how it builds character. And working in different many, uh, you know, a lot of fields. So we hit a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and uh, let's just jump right into her. It, him, they, all of it. The podcast. We're going in. All right. In three, two, two, one. Shouts. 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 Fingers, John. Damn straight. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like like this nostril. If I put my finger far enough, that like uh, pushes it over. Yeah, like it, it touches my brain a little bit, and I see fractals. See ev- that. Just see fractals yeah, yeah. everywhere. I don't think that's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. It might not be doctor's orders, but... It's how I commune with the gods. <laughs> You're going to see toroidal, fractal, checkerboard patterns. There's only one way. Yeah, dude. I'm a visionary. <laughs> All right. Cool. Quieter. Yeah, that sounds good. Thank you. For sure. So were you tattooing today? Or were you? Doing no, that? we've been closed down since uh, since like r- before April, even the very end of March. Right. Um, so we've just been using the time to 
kind of rebrand our shop, reorganize our business model, kind of do things a little bit different. Um, the previous owner sold it to me and my co-partner. And so um, now we're just kind of taking it into our own hands and trying to do a different thing. We're trying to do a lot more art gallery stuff. Um, We want to be tattooing, but we also want to display different artists and help, help support other people and kind of build the community up a little bit bigger. Nice. So we'll, we'll be tattooing. We'll be able to reopen next week. We're going to kind of play that by ear and see what lead other people take in the industry as far as people in Denver, because a lot of them are holding back until May 8th now. Yeah, it's great. It's such an unknown, right? How do we go forward? And so it's it's next week that businesses are starting to be able to open back up. What was that? Yeah, you kind of glitched out yeah. a little bit. So like, um, you know, like everybody's confused of like how we're going to get back up and running, but is the state of Colorado, I guess, is it next week they're going to start allowing businesses to open back up? Yeah. And then every County is kind of taking it into their own hands. And then as far as the tattoo industry, a lot of different large shops and leaders in the industry are kind of stepping up and being that voice because nobody's really setting any regulations with it yeah so it's kind of just a balancing act of going with what what the state's saying what the county is saying what the leaders of the industry are saying and we'll kind of play it by ear but we'll hopefully be able to at least open it just as an art gallery next week so cool that'll... yeah and how's how's that feeling you know as far as andrew and i during this whole quarantine, we can just make paintings at home, but like you can't tattoo people. I mean, how has that been? You know, it kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I miss it. It's hard when you really love your work. Um, but because of the kind of the position we were in to make a change, this was a good time to make that change. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been doing a lot of business work at home and then going to the shop occasionally and doing remodeling and, and doing different work there. And so it's been a nice break, kind of took a couple weeks of just chilling when this first stopped. And yeah. and uh, now that we've gotten the ball rolling on everything, it's been really, really busy the last little bit. Yeah. It's, so it- just working all day there or at the shop and, um, Hopefully we'll be ready to go. Yeah, it was, it's one of those things. Like it, it felt the, like the world was at this insane momentum before this whole COVID thing happened, and I think we all kind of needed a break in certain ways to take care of certain things. And and like none of us were gonna get around to that shit unless something like this happened, you know. I've been asking for this for like seven or eight years at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just really need the world to stop for one month so I can like get my act together with everything I'm doing. Yeah, for sure. It's been good for that. Yeah, actually taking advantage of it instead of just descending into complacency or something like that. For sure. And there's been little bits of that. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Lots of like old sword fighting movies and Back to the Future and Hell yeah. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> What is crazy in a way, you know, like once, once you have that momentum going, it's hard to allow yourself to just take breaks. And it has been nice during this time just to take some breaks here and there, you know, 
just re- mm-hmm. re- recharge the batteries a little bit. Yeah. Right. And our earth needs it too. Yeah. I think really enjoying this and you can just see it and breathe it and feel it and you can tell how much it's needed. Yeah. And what about you too? Like that must be a lot of, um, social energy you're dealing with being an artist that's actually making art on people's bodies. Does that, does that like, is that a lot to handle? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just a way different way of making your living as an artist, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just getting to paint what you want to paint and do what you want to do. You're really a, a commission artist a hundred percent of the time. And the more you build a following or build a style and are able to do what you want to do, then you have more freedom. But especially in your first five years of your career or let, you know, around there, you're yeah. just straight a commission artist and you really, it, there's a lot of interaction and a lot more that goes into it. How long and so it, it's nice that there is steady income from it in a different way than like what you guys have to deal with with painting. Yeah. But so you basically have 500 people that are your boss and you're just dealing with that. All these different bosses. What's (laughs) the, uh, what's the craziest thing anybody's ever asked you to tattoo on? (laughs) Um, (laughs) you don't have to say, yeah, there's been some funny ones. Um, I have an annual crew that's uh, a football, a fantasy football league, and whoever loses the fantasy football league every year has to get everyone else's choice. And so there's been some pretty funny ones out of that. I won't get into details. <laughs> they're pretty ridiculous. Um, do you ever say no to a tattoo? Like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll say no to people and I'm, and I'm learning to do that better and control the kind of people that I will and will not work with. And I've, I've stopped appointments too, just because of people not being cool and like saying really racist or sexist things. And I just stopped the appointment in the middle of it. It was like, we're done now. We're not going to do this. <laughs> no and, shit. And so I've definitely careful about that and working more on really taking only the clients and projects I want to work on. Totally. Yeah, I think I think saying no is once you learn how to do it right and you've got a nice solid foundation oh. under your feet, it's a it's a pretty powerful thing to be able to say no to certain projects or or offers that may come your way. For sure. And it's tempting whenever somebody dangles money in front of your face. Mm-hmm. Right. But once you realize that your integrity is worth more than whatever that money is, that then you can control that and and then you become in control of yourself. Right. Yeah, there's this whole trajectory, right? Like whenever you decide you want to become a professional at something, you kind of have to be willing to say yes to almost anything. And then it's almost like once you reach that professional status, then then it becomes learning how to say no and like really learning how to curate what you do. Cause you already have the yeses in the bag. Like you can get shit done and then it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you can do as many stupid tattoos as you want or, or reproductions and do things that you don't want to do. But once you are able to take control of that, that's where you're, you're able to do whatever you want. Hell yeah. And you yeah. can make 
informed decisions and, and better decisions for what you're trying to do. Right. How long, right. Have, you, how long have you been tattooing? Um, I kind of started like around six years ago, kind of trying to do the self-taught route, which I don't recommend. <laughs> and then I've been working in shops a little over two years. Cool. Start apprenticeship in like March of 2018. And so I've jumped between a couple different shops and just been doing different things. And now have this opportunity to have bought into this shop up here in Estes Park. And so I'm just kind of taking a dive with it yeah. and trying to go full force. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, speaking of control, now you probably have, like, you and the co-owner are probably what you have full control over where you guys go. And so it's like a collaborative effort, but you're kind mm-hmm. of a head honcho. Um, what's that like? I mean, we know kind of like what it's like just to be uh, just our own rogue artists. And John and I are kind of collaborating with podcasts, you know, we, we definitely are. But... Um, What's it like, like owning an actual brick and mortar shop? What are some of your challenges? What are some of the triumphs, if any, you want to talk about? I think right now we really haven't been in it long enough. Uh, my co-owner, Evan, he's been working at this shop since last like July. So he kind of knows the, uh, the crowd of people that we're working with and how everything is in Estes and the seasons. Um, I'm kind of coming into this with my own experience and clientele that's more based in Denver. Um, so right now we've just been really transitioning and trying to redesign the shop into what we see for the future. And since all this has happened, we're kind of at a standstill and we don't really know. Mm-hmm. So we'll either come out of this with some good success stories or some good failure stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neither yeah, way, either. you're just learning, you know? That's exactly mm-hmm. what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... Uh, I was just taking risks and trying and see what works and what doesn't. That's what it's all about, right? It's yeah. like, you know, and we all have a unique path, whatever you're doing. And it's like, you just take each experience, keep some things, discard some things, and keep moving forward and growing. And, like... Yeah. And to that, like, how do you even, how did you start tattooing? Like, that seems like such a crazy leap just to start ink, putting ink on somebody's skin, you know? I just started doing it all myself. Really? <laughs> nice. And then uh, friends that are willing to do that. And then I wasn't pursuing it in a, in a way that I really needed to be doing the right way. So I just took a step back and focused more on art and life things for a few years. And then once I really had the time to get an apprenticeship and do it the right way, then I dived back in and mm-hmm. kind of went all the way and kind of just coincided with a lot of life events too and just switching careers. And um, yeah, I just never thought it was really a possible career and once it really showed itself like i can i can do this and make a good living hell yeah all right it's time to just move when think- did you when did you go full time into tattooing like i i know that you worked like the solar panel job for a while um when did you s- s- quit that and what was your 
what was the final like was it like a dollar amount or was it just like you got fed up with uh, the solar thing or what made you um, I've done, I've had like four overlapping careers for the last like 15 years. So it's like a lot of random backstories, but with solar, I've done that for like eight years and was doing it at the same time. It just became way too physically tiring to try and work in the sun and the elements, everything for eight to 10 hours a day. And also have my energy for my clients and be able to devote all that. So I, I worked all of last year full-time there and tattooing and kind of quit at the end of the year. And I'm still helping my boss out a little bit here and there with just projects that other people can't do. And so I'm mostly gone from there, but I'm still helping out a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. And then I've also been helping out Peter the last like couple weeks over at Thrada, and I'll probably be doing that ongoing too. Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah. Do you think you guys social distancing down there or what? <laughs> it's a pretty big gallery and there's only three yeah. of us there. Right, so right. it's pretty it's pretty open and we're just printing and shipping and all that. No high fives or, or hugs. No high fives. We do air <laughs> Air fives, nice. We tell jokes. And bow, bowing. It's been a really nice break being over there and working with everybody there. For yeah. sure. And do you think, so you're also a wood burning artist. Do you think that translated really well into tattooing? Yeah, absolutely. I think that actually what kind of pushed me really was always doing the live wood burning at shows and everybody just said, oh, you you should do tattooing, you should do tattooing. And so it was just in the back of my mind and it just kind of slowly came into fruition and, um, they definitely translate really well just using a plugged-in machine that has weight. It's not like a paintbrush. Mm-hmm. They have the same freedoms, and so they definitely feel the same and kind of the same way that skin reacts. Yeah. And, like, how did you get into live wood burning? It's a rather unique approach. I, I really don't know. I think it was kind of just... Like ten or ten or twelve years ago, like you could just show up to Cervantes and do stuff. And yeah. Nobody really. Yeah. And so, I just got into wood burning really randomly. It was like a commission. I'd never even wood burned before, but I got commissioned to do an art piece for a dispensary, and so I pitched it and got paid and everything before I even had ever picked up a wood burner. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like. Oh probably do this i'll try this out and it worked and i just started going to concerts and doing it at cervantes and different places and uh had some art shows early on probably nine or ten years ago Mm. um yeah i don't know (laughs) what's cool you know there's like eight million live painters in the world and it's like oh if you could just take like a little different angle on the live art thing you can actually provide something unique and interesting and exciting for people to check out, you know? Totally. It's a lot of fun. Do you still do a lot I of I think wood? like pretty much like John Imason are the only the only people really doing it, what we're doing. Do you still able to... Do you still do a lot of wood burning? Not as much. It's been a lot harder. Um we've just been really busy up here. I've been doing a lot more like ink work and drawing and 
collaborating a little bit with my homie, doing watercolor and uh, just dabbling with other stuff, trying to have more fun. Yeah. Trying to do more loose and abstract stuff too. Just I like the way it flows. It's probably a nice break, nice break from like intricate shit on skin, you know? Right. That gets really mentally challenging while you're doing it. There's a lot to process as you're working Mm -hmm. and you're trying to have a conversation with a client and stuff. while you have 15 other things going on in your mind the whole time about technique and what you're doing and how to do it better. And do you like, uh, like I don't know anything about the world of tattooing. Like, are you when you're not actually tattooing on people? Is there a lot of like training in your off time that you're doing? Um, mostly just self training. Um, I definitely watch a lot of podcasts uh, and just different educational stuff all the time. I think I've kind of had a different path with tattooing than a lot of other people have. Like you're traditionally you have apprenticeships, but the just traditional apprenticeship doesn't really exist in the same way anymore. Yeah. It's really hard to find a mentor that's going to take you on and teach you. I had a mentor. It kind of worked, but kind of didn't. Um, I've been kind of just thrown into the mix and now I just do a lot of self-education and just try to learn from other people. I was supposed to be doing a seminar next week out in Montana right with on. a really well artist and all that got canceled. And so doing different things like that, going to different conferences is what I'm focusing on to try and educate myself more. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of have people I look up to that I try to reach out to that I consider mentors that I can just ask questions and get tattooed by them and just learn. And I feel like getting tattooed also just is its own mentorship and you're learning when you're in that process of getting work done for sure yeah i bet you have to really keep in mind like what the other person is is feeling and going through while you're doing it seeing i'm sure you see like all these subtle signs of you know whether you're i don't know i've again never had a tattoo or tattooed anyone but i imagine there's a lot of body language going on about like what's maybe hurting or what's too much for the person. I don't know. Yeah. And, and if you don't eat before your appointment, you can just instantly get sick and like be ready to pass out in a matter of five minutes. Oh, wow. And it's just a very personal thing. Yeah. You know, either people's stories of why they're doing what they're doing or personal space. Um, all of those things, you know, it's a very, intimate art form yeah and prime yeah it seems like it takes a special person to do that like i don't think i could handle that much socializing and downloading of other people's stories and who they are as i'm making my body of work at the same time right that's a crazy spot to put yourself in like do it's you, a challenge for sure yeah. <laughs> do you find yourself to be like a rather extroverted person I'm pretty introverted normally, but I'm definitely learning to be better about it and yeah. getting better, just talking and being open. And I think tattooing has really helped that a lot. Yeah, it seems like, you know, like all five hours with somebody and sometimes multiple 
time has spent the whole month of January every single Sunday tattooing the same person for seven hours. Yeah, is that weird just sending them off on their way then once you've like spent that much time together? You probably feel so close to those people in a way. It's fun. It is for sure. They're like little <laughs> flings. <laughs> oh, and a lot of my clientele has been reaching out through all, all this and it's been really good to oh, just yeah. have from all the people that, that are that are working with me and supporting me. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting like community building exercise in a sense. I never even really considered that. Yeah, I mean, and I think this whole COVID deal is a community building exercise right now for all of us. Yeah, really is. Really got to rethink what we're doing, how we're doing everything, where we're putting our focus. Yeah going to be interesting not having any festivals this summer mm-hmm. no concerts no live art for most of us most of right. us make our living doing that right so it's going to be an interesting time to see how we all come out of this and and build up each other and work as a community and adapt yeah and it, it seems like a a great opportunity for artists to check back in with themselves, check back in in the studio where, where like a lot of the real nuts and bolts of the work happens, you know, like, uh, it's a great gift in a way if you can treat it as such. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see it. Like, I think we're all too, you know, like we're, we're all at home and kind of figuring out what we're made of. And then I think our appreciation for being able to be with each other is going to be so much deeper than it already was, you know? I think we all appreciate we all appreciated it, but I'm sure we all take it for granted in certain ways too. You know, it's like I think so. Yeah. I mean, the last show that I did was with Andrew at Russell Yeah. yeah. And I left re- the next day to go to Utah, and then while I was in Utah, everything hit the fan. I just came home to a whole different world. Damn. Right. So- yeah, <laughs> it was crazy, man. Like I look back on that. Um, night and it was a great night in either way but like i i look back on it with like extra extra fondness now because that was the last you know hopefully not the the last time but that was the last time (laughs) we we were all able to kind of hang out and there were like i don't know 20 25 artists or something like that there and i you know cervantes has changed even since i've moved to colorado from like being able to sort of waltz in there as you please <laughs> set up a little easel and just make sure that every you're not stepping on anybody's toes and like it's all good to like having to be vetted for by you know multiple different people just to be able to to paint there at all and so it was, it was a feat to see that many painters there and it definitely was and like a pop-up gallery like that on a friday night yeah Oh yeah! Shouts to Corey Ponds uh, for Shout setting all that Corey. up. Sure. Shouts. <laughs> Miss you, man. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how we all adapt and how people, especially that are used to making their money off of events, whether it's live artists or musicians, and everybody else is gonna gonna get through this. Yeah, I think it's a good. We're allowed to start working in a week, but like every musician, live painters, who knows? It's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be fascinating, you know, because like 
human beings are fucking awesome and super creative, right? And things, I think things are going to be changed in certain ways forever. And it's going to be really cool to see the way people are creative in their ways of getting their creativity out there, sharing things, how they find out how to survive. You know, like there's going to be a shift in certain ways, but in one way, you know, it's, it's sad. Everything's temporary, right? So there will be some sort of mourning for the way things were, but then I think it might even be more spectacular the way things start grooving here in the next few months and the next few years and just watching the ingenuity of people and how they share their creativity. And who knows how that's going to manifest, you know? Definitely. I mean, we're already starting to see all these awesome live streaming events pop up, whether it's like Couch Fest or uh, Lost in Sound doing their thing on Twitch and Chris Bolin doing like a virtual reality gallery show. Like, Yeah, that was tight. That shit was so dope, man. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> so much fun. And um, yeah, I think that when we get back to it, that first time that you you get into a large group and you remember the value of it, it'll be that much sweeter, you mm-hmm. know? I think totally. we'll be like, it'll be almost almost shocking in a way, you know? I don't know. Well, but it's going to be in like... In a good way. You're going to see everybody you see. You're like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in forever. I love right. you. <laughs> like everybody right. you see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Been weird to not hug the few homies I have seen over the last bit. Yeah. yeah. What's up? Fist bump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's so sad. I want, I, want to hug, really, I want to hug my friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll be really curious, too, to see if it changes the format of festivals at all, as far as maybe just doing things more sustainably, too, uh, changing the infrastructure of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of nice, to be honest, to have a summer off and not be really worrying about festivals and kind of just focus on stuff at home. Yeah. Just refocusing, you know, like mm-hmm. when, once momentum gets gets a hold of things, they they can start losing kind of their core values of why they even started in the first place, you know, yeah. no doubt. Hopefully kind of bring it back to the core of what it actually meant in the first place and mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. having intention in what we do. I want to just be nice to see festivals coming out of this with more sustainable infrastructure and like better use of the resources, the energy resources that they're putting into doing events like this. Yeah. Right. It, it might force them to be in regards to like sanitation and stuff. Like if you could imagine like getting rid of porta potties and building more per- permanent infrastructure for stuff like that, because it's like your biggest sanitation issue at these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just like we put so much effort into massive spectacles that are up for one week and then it's gone. And it's like kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's like, I think about electric forest, um, one I go to every year it, that the forest in particular, the actual, you know, forest that's in there is definitely going to be, uh, better for having this break. Cause like a lot of the trees in there were kind of slowly dying, I guess you could say. And the ground was like a little trampled and stuff. And I'd heard that. Yeah. And I think, maybe these festivals with their 
budgets curtailed will come up you know from taking a summer off we'll come up with like new and uh creative ways to just be better mm-hmm. use their money more efficiently and um hopefully people's egos get uh eroded away a little bit by this hell yeah definitely i think that's almost going to happen in like every aspect of how we integrate with reality in a sense and it's even been interesting in this time, you know, you, do you feel like you guys have been just kind of more intentional with everything you're doing, just kind of paying more attention to what you're actually doing? Yeah, I think so. And especially just like my actions out in public and, you know, even if I don't feel like I should wear a mask I'm wear a mask for the greater good and to protect other people and, I'm just being careful about my exposure as I go from Denver and come up here and, and stuff. And it's not necessarily for me, but it's just being more intentional about it for everybody else. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it's this cool thing how so many people now are, they're truly thinking about others whenever they're doing what they're doing. And even how so many people are peacefully kind of like stepping out of the workplace for a minute. And that, that's an expression of love in a sense, you know, uh, a love, mm-hmm. a love for your fellow humans and recognition of them. You know, I think, mm-hmm. I think we are all in this momentum of kind of like, I'm on a good team. Those people are on a bad team. <laughs> and then, you know, and now we're kind of like seeing ourselves as like one collective whole a little bit more. And I think that's beautiful. Even if it's just no. like 5% change in the way people are thinking, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd say I'm I'm way more focused, oddly enough. You yeah. know, there's not, it, you know, my personality is like, well, if there's something to do, I should definitely go do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but now there's like, I'm like, oh, well, I can just focus all the, all that energy that I was putting towards, you know, the big to-dos out there and just, and focus it on, um, you know, being more uh, in tune with the art that I'm making, mm-hmm. sort of realizing what it is I want to make. And yeah, hopefully that can manifest uh, in, in other ways for people as well, in terms of focusing on their own life and not worrying necessarily so much about what other people think, you know. For sure. Yeah. And, um, I'm curious about, uh, I want to bring it to back to tattooing a little bit. Um, so do you, do you feel any strange, like a, like a strange feeling of like whenever you tattoo on somebody that you're like maybe putting some sort of magical symbol or like power up on them that will somehow transform their life in a certain way? Do you, do you have any feelings like that at all? I think so for sure. Like, any body alteration, even piercing, I mean, I think they all have powers, and with piercings, you, you're you having metal, and so metal is absorbing energy and vibration, and um, yeah, I definitely, definitely feel that, and that's why I want to, going forward, be really intentional about the kind of work I'm willing to do, what I'm willing to say no to, and why, and just really focusing on art-based tattooing and intention tattooing and uh, 
Yeah. And, and like speaking to that, do you, uh, do you feel like you have like a, a mission with tattooing? Mm, just to make good art and make everybody I work with be better people. Hell yeah. And that time I'm going to with people try and infuse all of that, that I can into them and kind of let them go their ways. But people have so many different reasons for getting tattooed. So it just varies so much. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's markers of things. Sometimes it's memorials and grieving and mm-hmm. bettering yourself. But yeah, definitely just trying to, do my best to be a good person and give that to other people. And hopefully they leave as better people as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're leaving echoes of, you know, whatever you believe is a good insightful person to be, you leave like an echo of that on them. And then that ripples out into society. Exactly. It's definitely a big energy transfer. Mm -hmm. And I try to not take it lightly. Some people do, but there's plenty of people do that are doing it the right way too. Right. For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and like, uh, Andrew and I talk a lot about, you know, whenever you're live painting, you're, you're simultaneously a performer and then you get thrust in this role of almost being this like pseudo therapist. Yeah. Not, not, no, for sure. And I'm sure like whenever you're tattooing, it's probably even to a more extreme degree in a way. It is because you're with that person the whole time. It's like when someone comes up to your your painting and talks to you for 15 minutes as opposed to somebody that you're with for five hours. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, definitely a lot of that. And you get a lot of heavy stories and and good stories and and everything in between. Yeah. Uh, That must be like a healing process in a way. You know, like if somebody comes in with pain and then you're actually inflicting physical pain on that being and then they emerge out of it with this beautiful creativity on their body it's like this whole kind of process of like really going through that pain right and then it's release and then you have you have a marking of it to remind you of that physical pain release Mm -hmm. it's a crazy role to play man (laughs) it is it's it's weird but it's super cool oh yeah (laughs) And then, like, my first tattoo also was a memorial piece. And, like, looking back at that and my way of going through it and not really knowing what I want and kind of just trusting the artist and letting him make decisions and, like, how good and transformative of an experience it was and, and what it meant. Oh, yeah. You know, 18 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah it, it's important, and I and I love it. Yeah, it's cool. It's like uh, you guys are, you guys are located in Estes now, or that's where you're. Yeah, the shop. Yeah, and it's kind of a, like nobody really knows what I'm doing right now, because <laughs> <laughs> I I helped remodel a shop down in Lakewood last fall, and that's uh-huh. where I was going to be working for the next while. Um, and then just kind of had the, the opportunity fall in my lap to get into the shop up here. And so I was planning on working there for the next like year and helped them rebuild everything and redo everything. And then pretty much right out of it, walked into this and, and 
this makes a lot more sense for the permanency. So I'll be up here and we want to also just integrate way more art into what we're doing. And I haven't had that opportunity in any of the shops that I've been working at to really take that role and curate work and help support other homies and sell their work in the shop and online. And we have a really busy, like good location with a lot of walkthrough traffic. So yeah, I've always thought Estes would be such a great spot for a gallery. It would. You, you know, and like, really small, you know, ideally maybe down the road we'll have something a little bit bigger, but right now we still have the space to really promote at least one or two artists at a time. Oh yeah. And have it be an inviting space too to people that aren't necessarily wanting to get tattooed or have no interest in being tattooed. Mm-hmm. Just are generally appreciative of art. Yeah. And yeah. so we'll be Clinton will be our first artist oh, cool. starting next yeah. month. Have him for the whole month of May. Oh yeah. Clinton. Clinton yeah, Reynolds. Clinton. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. I love your guys collabs. Yeah. It's been fun. We've been working on that a little bit and we've just like taken some little socially distant skateboarding parties in the park last few weeks. (laughs) Nice. Just so we can have a little bit of interaction. So it's been fun. Oh yeah. A little bit of skating. It's good. Dude, I never got, I was never like, I don't know, brave enough for skating, I guess. (laughs) No. And I'm like, I mean, you're you're pretty tall and, and lanky too, but like I was just like top heavy gorilla, kind of like <laughs> yeah. dumb dumb. Andrew, beat. I feel like you'd take some heavy slams with that fucking long ass yeah. wiry body. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever snowboard at all? No, no, sure oh. didn't. I I tried skiing once when I was fifteen, um, but I couldn't I couldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> So like, not like I love skiing so much I couldn't stop. I literally couldn't like slow myself <laughs> down. Um, Did you hit I, a tree? I didn't hit a tree. So I I was able to steer, but I was just you know after a couple hours on the bunny slope. So I was like, I think I've probably got like a intermediate uh, uh, run in me. And I went down. I went down. And I was basically just like shouting at people to get out of my way and. Uh, <laughs> At the bottom of the hill, I, I kind of just tumbled over, and I was like, damn, that's fun. I'm never doing that again. Uh, so, yeah. But I love, you know, like, when I see people skateboard, I'm like, oh, I wish I could do that, because it seems like so much flow is involved and just kind of, like, letting go of, of of fear. And, you know, when I see people carve cool little tricks, I'm like, that's kind of like a line I would make in a painting or something, you know? Yeah. Skateboarding is the most fun. It's a fucking blast. Yeah, definitely a flow state activity. Right. And it's nice that it's like a sport that you can do by yourself or with homies and right. anywhere. And, you know, it crosses all the boundaries of race and religion and, and all those okay. things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot like art. in Argentina and just like happened upon this skate park and they let me borrow a board and just skated with all these Argentinian guys and couldn't speak a word to them, but we all just had right. fun together. 
you know, and so it's like a real like international language. You spoke through the language yeah. of skateboarding. Totally. <laughs> or like we went to Mexico like last fall and just found these kids skateboarding in a little park and just like hung out and shredded with them for a couple hours. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fun. Yeah, it's like this little zone you pop into no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. You know how it feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to skateboard a lot back in the day. And then I can't stop myself from wanting to try gnarly shit. And now that I'm, <laughs> now that I'm 33, like I get hurt, you know? So it's like, <laughs> fuck. I feel like that's definitely where I'm at. Yeah. And it's like, if I break my wrists or anything, I'm screwed. Uh huh. So try to be pretty careful. <laughs> yeah. Like carving in bowls and shit. That's probably a blast, man. And it's like, if you're not going too crazy, you'll be all right. Right. <laughs> but it's hard to hold back. <laughs> it is. It's the same with snowboarding. I've really had to like learn to just hold back and just be an old man. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird yeah, getting old. I did a guest spot out in Salt Lake last fall, and I made the mistake of going snowboarding the first day before it. And it was at my old mountain. I hit all my favorite jumps and cliffs and everything. And I just could barely move for the next four days while I had to work. <laughs> Tattoo for like six hours straight. It was pretty rough. <laughs> so all you young kids out there appreciate your youthful vitality. And your rubbery yeah. I never thought yeah. it would go away. It's so weird actually watching yourself get older and being like, oh, I actually have to pay attention to what I do with my body. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. But yeah, all the youngsters shred away. (laughs) Bounce while you still can. (laughs) So like, uh, yeah, so like, all right, you own a tattoo studio now, you know, and that's kind of like your full-time gig. But uh, what kind of shit do you like to do when you're not working? A pretty hefty workaholic, so yeah. I work a lot when I'm not working. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Same here. I, I like to build stuff. I do a lot of woodworking. Um, I'm really, really interested in permaculture, and I've kind of that's been side stuff that I've done in various ways for a long time over the last like five or six years, whether it's like gardening or. <clears throat> You know, working with animals and chickens and home building and a lot of different things that I would say that's been kind of the the side project of what I've worked on over the years. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> been involved with like the Permaculture Action Network, who is kind of tied in with a lot of the festival stuff, mm-hmm. helping helping them with different gardening projects and general fun stuff, good yeah. stuff. For the earth staff. Do you know, like, um, so I just moved into a new house and we're trying to figure out what to do with the outside. Are there good sources for learning about permaculture? Yeah. Uh, I wish I should, would have written some of these down. Uh, <laughs> definitely the permaculture action network has a lot of really good resources and places that you can point. Um, kind of depends on what kind of interests you have in things too. Uh, I did a lot of traveling and gardening with the Woofing Network, W-W-O-O-F, which is 
where you link up with different farms all over the country and world and work there and do work volunteering okay. to kind of learn. And so that is like a really good network for trying to get really good hands-on experience. Um, if you're just trying to learn stuff, there's so many different routes and maybe we can put them in notes or something later. Oh yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. There's a lot. Permaculture is so expansive that it can mean a lot of different things. And I, uh, whether it's gardening or whether it's permaculture of how you are running your business, mm-hmm. all, all it is is just trying to build more sustainable and self-propelling systems, so that can look like a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just. Are you looking at like doing gardening and stuff at your house? Yeah. So we're like gardening and we were thinking about maybe like wilding our yard, making it, you know, nice for bees. And I don't know. I just don't want to have like just grass in my yard, you know, maybe like the big water to just grow. (laughs) Yeah. 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 If that was the case, just building or doing lots of, perennial plants and especially pollinators and different things that are going to help attract beneficial insects. Even if you don't really want to go deep into a lot of gardening and lots of transformation, we're kind of in the same boat up here as, as trying to figure out what we want to do with our property. Cause we have so much wildlife here there that it really doesn't make sense to do a large garden unless we had a greenhouse or some way to like kind of protect that. Yeah. So yeah. Trying to figure out what kind of things we can do with our land here without attracting bears here every day. And <laughs> yeah. Deers wipe out our entire garden and elk and stuff and turkeys. So yeah, I've heard like, Man. I've heard like two deer can destroy your whole garden in a night. <laughs> oh, so fast. Yeah. So fast for sure. I've been, uh, I've been like composting. A, what was that? Oh, uh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you're good. I was just going to talk about um, composting a little bit because that's what I've been doing. over nice. the Since we moved into our place down in Superior, I was going to say even like down here, just like putting things in a compost bin, uh, the raccoons just were loving that last summer. <laughs> like, and so, you know, I, I like, you know, every time I would put in compost, I'd have to like use my drill and unscrew the top. And, <laughs> and then, uh, then they started like digging underneath it. Um, but now I think I have enough like built up that I really don't think anything in there would be palatable to them at this point. But, um, I don't know. Uh, you just yeah, got composting. Is- you just got to line your compost bin with poison, you know? Uh, <laughs> we have a puppy, dude. How dare you? <laughs> that was a joke. I know. I know. <laughs> I've got a cat. She guards our compost pretty well. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a, definitely a fat rat hiding in the middle of it, though. <laughs> and it's also, like, this whole COVID situation and the weirdness of, like, getting groceries and shit... I think that's a really good call for having gardens and composting and how much food can you produce your uh, yourself too? It's more no nu- doubt. more nutrient yeah, dense. Stuck at home. Exactly. <laughs> right. right. 
Like, why are why are, is everybody not planting gardens right now or building greenhouses? And and hopefully people will realize how reliant we are on everything from all over the world, and we need to be more yeah. self reliant and be able to provide for stuff close to home or at least in your neighborhood or share things you know exactly it's empowering in so many ways you know it's empowering like i grew this and i get to enjoy this tasty food and it's more nutrient dense than something you're going to get at the grocery store you actually you eat your tomatoes when they're actually ripe you know it's like right and instead of like being shipped from spain two weeks ago and they were still green and now they're red yeah yeah (laughs) But yeah. yeah, I hope this is a wake-up call for for that, for mm-hmm. a lot of people of just being more self-reliant and recognizing how much crap we buy, too, and how much is so unnecessary. Yeah. And that, like, our money is going to the other side of the world for no reason, and we need to be supporting our local economies, local artists, everybody else way more. Mm -hmm. And we need to keep that money in the community more. Exactly. Yeah. And I think through that process, people will learn how powerful they are and how much they can do and what they are really are capable of. And like the more people that realize that, I mean, how cool to walk around in a society where everybody's like, I'm capable of so many amazing things of con contributing to my community mm-hmm. well and i think people realize too how much like markup happens through the passing of hands of resources yeah and the, we don't all need to work eight hour days uh-uh. four or five days you know like that's ridiculous we don't need to do that we can close the gap of like resources beginning to end and take out all this markup and people that are just making money off of nothing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the, the illusion of the middleman is becoming dispelled a, a bit, you know? Well, look at how many people are working at home too. Right. Exactly. Like you don't have to go into heavy traffic twice a day, every day. Like the roads are empty and people are still working at home. Uh-huh. Like, why can't we keep it this way and reduce traffic and stop all this crap? Yeah. And have people just driving to work just so somebody can watch them work. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. People will be happier a- and there's less pollution. Yeah. Exactly. Like, duh. And the people that yeah. do need to use the roads and get to work can actually do it without sitting in traffic for two hours. Totally. Right. You don't need to go to a board meeting just to argue with people in the room you can do that over zoom now yeah <laughs> what is it you would say you do here <laughs> <laughs> what's crazy man it like it just occurred to me a lot of the world is saying right now <laughs> like, it occurred to me like as we're talking we're going through the most radical cultural shift i think any of us might ever see in a way like, oh definitely like we're Absolutely. in the we're in the middle of a crazy shift and it's it's like all unknown at this point, you know, like there's no hindsight yet. We're like smack dab in the middle of something huge. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. It's pretty cool. I mean, like, I don't know, like, I think that, yeah, like you were saying, we'll, we'll realize that a lot of these jobs, maybe it's a little preamble to like the AI taking over a lot of these 
useless jobs just so someone can pay a landlord a certain stipend of money to live in a place when exactly there are probably way way better ways to do all of that you know it's like oh yeah well and uh i was listening to joe rogan's podcast today and he was talking about how you know like a lot of people take kind of the quote-unquote safe route of having a you know like a job and yeah. they took the safe route and then this happens and even taking the safe route meant you weren't actually safe and well, how that's... many how many people might just be like well that illusion's been dispelled why don't i just do what i actually want to do in this world you right. know like right because even playing it safe is failing now dude there's that um <laughs> that, jim, that jim carrey movie with uh the documentary about him playing andy kaufman yeah. Where he talks about his dad who sacrificed so much for his family and like was I think he was an incredible musician or maybe a theater guy or actor or something like that. And um he said that like, you know, his dad got laid off after like thirty or forty years at a job or something. Mm-hmm. And he just that's when he realized, Jim realized, you know, you can sacrifice for everything and not do what you want and still get fucked. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Like you might as well get fucked doing what you love, you know? Yeah, exactly. Shit. Exactly. Or at least die trying. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you can have like kind of a vision for our society in a way. Like how cool would it be if you were just surrounded by artisans and artists and, you know, gardeners and we were all had like we were all or a lot of people were self-employed or working with small teams of friends and doing really cool things and and we were all making things with an intention and maybe everything might cost a little more but we'd all be making a little more because we're actually instead of relying on weird outsourced people here and there that we know nothing about like everything that was produced or made like we actually knew who made it and where it came from and Absolutely. It was built to last and it had meaning in it, you know? It'd be a beautiful thing. Well, it's kind of the subculture that we live in to a certain degree. Yeah. Right. It's that most of us are creatives or musicians or other things that are commodity kind of items. Mm-hmm. Not as much like a full community of people with a full range of skills to really to really achieve that, you know? Exactly. Right. And I think you were saying of just like working a job for 30 or 40 years and then fail. And, and these days we just all have to have four or five different careers. Uh-huh. Right. I've been doing forever and they range all over the place and you have to have just a huge skill set to survive these days anymore. Yeah. Especially if you want to branch out and be kind of self-employed and be doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. If you're going to run a business, you have to be a web developer. You have to be a photographer. You have to know so many different skills. It's crazy. I think that's really cool. You know, it makes you a well-rounded human being and have empathy and understanding for how di- so many different aspects of functioning in a society. You know, you're not just you're not just doing one specific task and then everybody else is taking care of everything else. Right. Mm-hmm. I and think that's why it's I cool. Really I think. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to think or say that it, I think that it makes for a more well-rounded and mentally, emotionally stable society 
for sure. Are, you know, all in on what they're doing, or at least more in than just having a, a job at Target or something like that, you know? Totally. Well, and that's also why I've stuck with having a job for the longest time. I literally just quit doing the career I've been doing for the last eight years two months ago. Right. And I think it's really important to do that. And it's really to, important to keep yourself well-rounded and not just and trying to be making your whole living off of creativity because it can block you from being really creative too when you're just worried about making money all the time yeah that's why i've really stuck with that and tried to just do other stuff and and build lots of bank of skills right because you never know when people are going to stop making art (laughs) or when people are going to stop buying art you know i'm in the same boat as you i just quit a job of eight years as well and went full-time into art and i'm really grateful for that what's that where were you working at I was working for a railroad construction company doing all all kinds of random shit for them. But, uh, I think it was good having that job too. You know, it taught me a lot about what it takes to run a business and the intricacies of that. And just seeing how like, uh, you know, they provide an essential business to the world working railroads, you know, And, and like actually seeing the perspective of like real working motherfuckers that are, like actually doing hard work right. and, and, really, yeah. and really seeing what hard work is, you know, it, it gives you perspective and it is important, you know? Yeah. It, it, it takes time to be able to just make a living doing what you love. You can't yeah. just, you can't just be like, all right, I'm going to do it. You know, right. right. Some, some people I, can do it, I guess. Two other side too, you know, what's that? <laughs> I still have a couple other side hustles and I think we all like have to do that. Totally. Right. Yeah. You know? There's no shame in that either. No, um, not at all. It's like, but the, the thing is, is like, like Ian, you're doing uh, solar paneling and, and permaculture on the side. John, you were learning about essential business, like a railroad. I was uh, working in the weed industry, harvesting plants and stuff. So like, these things, these little side jobs are still things that we would like to see continue or grow in the world. Yeah. You know, even though it's not your main, your main squeeze, so to speak, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, I think it's important to at least have, or at least work your way towards, um, a side hustle that you can vibe with or that you can, you can at least learn something from and, and that you, you want to see more of in the world like dude solar panels and and solar energy is like a righteous fucking job i think yeah it's awesome and that was why i picked that i was kind of directionless coming out of college and sick of just doing graphic design and staring at computers yeah. and it was just like what do i want to see more of in the world i want to do solar oh yeah and that's a stuck with for a long long time but it just got to the point that now it just doesn't make sense for me anymore and i gotta pick one path or the other exactly yeah and that's where it'll boil down to yeah yeah and yeah taking stock of your life and realizing like i have bills to pay yeah and if you can find a job that makes sense into your vision of what a bright future could be that's awesome man go for it you know do what you gotta do grind (laughs) 
I just like saying grind. Yeah, I don't know. You'll rest when you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the uh, truth for sure. It's in my blood. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too, apparently, you know? It's like, I thought this COVID thing would be a great excuse to take a break, but that lasted for, I took a break, you know, my version of a break for a week. And then it's like, all right, that's enough. Like, I think, you know, like sometimes we're all overworking in certain ways and you want to break, but ultimately, like, I think I really do love the struggle of working and finding what your potential is and finding your edge and going Mm -hmm. for it. You know, like what, what what am I capable of? Like, what can I do in this life? In a weird way, like I'm not even that attached to it, but it's like, if I'm here, I might as well do something, you know? No doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You (laughs) gotta push yourself to your limits and go a little bit further. Yeah. Cause I think bunch of different times and just taking huge gambles on stuff with my own energy and some of them have panned out really well and some of them totally wasted my energy. Exactly. But you throw yourself into that chaos and I think by doing so you get to experience some of the most extreme moments of beauty, clarity and peace that you would never discover unless you were willing to take that chance, you know, and be willing to fail and be willing to feel extreme discomfort because every once in a while you have that one day where you're just like i'm in heaven this is perfect it's beautiful you know yeah right yeah i mean that's you know i think about all the festivals i've gone to uh when you say that and a lot of them i'd say it's about half and half where like financially i win and then or i financially like eat shit you know? <laughs> but but i wouldn't trade any of those experiences for the world because i've met you know i met guys and met all our other friends in this little subculture where we're trying to you know ostensibly the purpose to make the world a better place and share like human connection mm-hmm. and so yeah man I, I i definitely think that like risk is a super important part of just human life in general like if you're not if like you if you come to the age of say like 34 and you're like pretty sure i know everything i don't need to go experience anything else or take any more risks like <laughs> fucking kidding yourself <laughs> <laughs> well in a way too it's like you know i don't know in buddhism life is suffering or like pain is going to find you one way or another and it like the pain of actually trying to do something is so much more sweet and beautiful. It's pain on your own terms instead of complacency yep. and the pain of depression of an unfulfilled life. So you might as well just fucking do the damn thing. Cause yeah. you, can, you can have sweet pain or you can have terrible, bitter pain, you know, like pain with regret that you didn't try stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The pain of bombing is way better. <laughs> yeah, I don't get the regret pain, but I get a lot of bomb pain for sure. <laughs> yeah. I tried a lot of things and failed, and it's all good though. But it, you know, it gives you tougher skin, and you're a more well-rounded person. And probably through that process, you you're socialized better. Like we got this new puppy, and uh, the biggest thing about 
where she's at now in her age is like socialization, you know, mm-hmm. like getting her out there and like learning new people, new dogs, new experiences and stuff. And I think about, you know, like we're all kind of like little humanoid puppies, maybe up until the day that we die. And, <laughs> you know, if you have the right mindset, you can integrate all these experiences into your life and create a better reality for yourself and and if there is such thing as a self like build you into a just a person who's who can kind of at least survive in any situation or maybe even thrive in in most situations hell yeah yeah for sure and you're a little puppy and then whenever you die you transform into a vicious wolf (laughs) fuck motherfuckers up in the astral plane Dude, oh, so I wanted to to ask you both about this, but I'm sure, John, you've seen Midnight Gospel. Yeah. Have you watched that yet? It's the Duncan Trussell, like, Adventure Time mashup. It's basically, it's a podcast, but with, like, Adventure Time neon cartoon. The same guy, what's his name? I can't remember. Pendleton Ward. Pendleton Ward, yeah. That's right. So he did the animations for it all, and it's just, like, it's so trippy and 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 uh beautiful and hilarious uh i don't know i just wanted to to throw that into the mix of the conversation and and see what we can talk about it if (laughs) anything well i think i think ultimately what is cool is um this podcast is or this new cartoon it's like the number two show in the world right now really And, and they're talking about psychedelics they're talking about uh, the true meaning of Christ. They're talking about magic. They're talking about meditation. I think that is a huge. I think that's yeah. a huge marker for society as a whole. That that is supremely popular right now. Yeah. It's incredible. You know, what's that? What is it called again? Midnight Gospel. It's on Netflix. Did smoke a little weed and watch that and like. <laughs> The first episode's just like I thought the first episode was so fucking funny. And then they get a little like more like you know, esoteric kind of um what was that woman's name? Anne, Annie in the second episode. But oh, yeah. She's it's like this dude he's basically doing like a space video cast, but he's he shoots himself into all these simulated worlds. And so he then interviews random beings in these these random worlds that he's simulated or uploaded into, and they talk about just like like um, death. First one is like psychedelics. The second one is like a lot around death, you know. And um, the third one's like about magic. That's as far as I've gotten so far. But they're all like really hilariously animated and. Um, they're just like I don't know. It just really like hits hits a lot of ticks off a lot of the boxes for me in terms of like yeah. what I'm into, I guess. Well, and it's really exciting in a way, just because I think a lot of us we've all been in the shadows, you know, experimenting with meditation, spirituality, and psychedelics. Like all kinds of people in different subcultures have been they've been like, hey, there's something to this. Like we're onto something here. You know, something's going on of awakening your consciousness and shining light on the dark places. And, and I think it's a really cool marker 
for society as a whole that like this show is very popular and and i think it's so cool in a way is like you know there's been all these really cool little underground cultures uh sharing these interesting ideas and now they're actually becoming mainstream ideas and that's incredible of like letting go of your identity of kind of being like counterculture and realizing like yeah let's let's share these ideas with the masses let's let's all grow together you know right I feel like we have a pretty silent, I wouldn't say majority, but like psychedelically minded people and people who are out there trying to better themselves in the world are kind of like this silent. It's like if you if you divide it on political lines, it's everyone who wanted to vote for Bernie who's now like (laughs) pissed off, you know, that he's not there. But we're all like, okay, whatever. I guess it's like this dude. other dudes better than uh who we got right now but i don't know what i'm trying to say is i think that we have like more more people than we realize yeah um kind of on a similar page or on a similar like wavelength or something Mm -hmm. power to the people in a sense um it's like the illusion of people on plat like on uh the illusion of people on platforms is dissolving before our eyes and we're realizing that we're we're all very powerful, insightful, infinitely wise beings. And yeah, the more right. we the more we start to recognize that in each other, it's like, all right, we're all brothers and sisters on a team. Let's do this together, you know? Yeah. Why yeah. not? Well, look at like who's leading our world right now. <laughs> like, it's so bad. I like, yeah. We're all more capable than this. And so we got to kind of take it all into our own hands at this point yeah right and in, in some ways it's like i almost see it as a blessing because it, it it's like it's this blatant weird thing that makes people start waking up and paying attention to be like hey i don't know if i'm buying this whole president <laughs> i don't know if i'm buying this presidency thing kind of seems like bullshit i don't know you know <laughs> it's like totally. i don't know it's cool it was like we were all kind of like delightfully sleepily doing our thing and now everybody's like hyper focused and paying attention and like there is a lot of tension in this time but i think it's part of i don't know an awakening of the masses so to speak you know just like we were talking about how you know we we take our difficult times and we learn from them we become more well-rounded and better people i think as a collective we're kind of seeing that happen as well at least one can hope that's the optimistic perspective and why not be optimistic about the state of things? No doubt. It's definitely just shining a light on all of our weaknesses. Totally. It'll just, we'll come out of this better and just see what our weaknesses are as a whole. Yeah. How to work together better. And I think we'll definitely come out of this in a much better place. For sure. We have to not be without some tears though for sure yeah 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 so bringing it back um do you do you have any like uh big goals or um ideas of where you'd like to take tattooing or just your own creative life kind of like a, a vision for your future at all um i mean this is kind of it a little bit as far as trying to have a permanent home that I can really focus on now. I've just jumped between a few different shops for various reasons 
And now just finally having a space that I have a little bit of control over to really explore what I'm doing and really trying to support all the homies and get get more art going through it and just have it be a multifunction place. Oh, yeah. Uh, and just learn to be a better tattooer. I mean, yeah. I've been a few years and I don't know anything, and I'm, I will totally admit it. <laughs> you, the more, the longer you do it, the more you don't know anything, and so it's really just like a lifelong learning curve as far as that. And with art, I just want to experiment a lot more. I want to do a lot more mural work. Mm-hmm. kind of large-scale painting stuff. I want to paint a lot more and just d- learn more color theory. I just don't dabble enough with all of that, so I'd love to do a lot more of that. Oh, yeah. Collaborate more, too. It's really, like, an interesting process, learning how to work with different people on different levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that... a really fun process to do that, and it's challenging for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's like a, a grand magic trick in a way to... Um to take on the responsibility of becoming an owner of a tattoo shop and the light, like that thing will take on a life of its own and will probably show you things you couldn't even imagined before. No doubt. Just taking and like, yeah. And I mean, I never would have tried to buy into a shop this young in my career. I would have foreseen that like a few years down the road but the opportunity just kind of fell into my hands and it made sense. Um, but like everything that I lack in years of tattoo experience, I feel like I definitely make up with business experiences of all the other stuff I've done over the last, you know, my, my whole life. Oh, I ran yeah. a skate company. I started a skateboard company when I was 16 years old and ran that for five years. No shit. For 10 years traveling around the country so I've just done a lot of crazy different things that have all kind of fed into this oh yeah um yeah so it, it just it feels right even though i'm very young as a tattoo artist that just the business side of things i definitely feel like i would handle on and i got a lot to learn obviously we all we don't <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah so yeah, yeah. It'll be an interesting space. But, and, and I really just hope that we can support a lot of the people in the family, too, that don't have festivals anymore, don't have light painting anymore, that are kind of stuck. And hopefully we can find good ways to integrate more and really offer up opportunities for a lot of the, the people. Oh, yeah. What's, what's up? What's your, uh, what's your shop called, by the way? Uh, we are High Desert Tattoo and Art Gallery. Cool. Yeah, nice. we just did a whole name change and everything, and been working this whole week on all the digital stuffs and the legal stuff. Ooh, so, fun! Do you have yeah. any social media uh, for yeah, High Desert? Um, it's uh, at High Desert Tattoo for that page. Nice. Or just nice. highdeserttattoo.com, but that's kind of coming soon. Yeah. Um, and you know, was that? I said I'm going to look you guys up on Instagram right now. That word. Yeah, um, it's been a slow just process, just chipping away at all this stuff. There's a lot of, that's lot of little ends to tie up and everything, but 
going to be tight. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be good, uh, like Haven for a lot of our kind of Denver family and beyond. Kind of a new, different place to offer up opportunities for for people. And we'll be grinding, tattooing all the time, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to stop by. I mean, I've always dreamed of, like, I pass through Estes all the time for hikes and going into the park. And it'll be great to have a spot to stop by and say hi whenever I go through, you know? No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I wish you guys could have come up today. Like, we just went for a quick hike right before this. And oh, yeah. it was beautiful. So nice, man. We're we're thinking about it. I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. I want to be. I want to at least, uh, you know, look like I'm being responsible. <laughs> <laughs> we're like the Skype thing is tough. You know, like if you if the three of us were in a room right now, this probably would have flowed a lot easier. And I'm I'm happy with the way it's flowed uh, on the Skype platform, but it is kind of tough. Um, so we're, we'll probably be doing in-person interviews in the next few weeks or something. I hope so. I don't know. Totally. Unless like, you know, we all drink Lysol and and die. (laughs) You have to inject it. Yeah. Injections, man. What are you talking about? I didn't want to misinform anyone. And UV light. Shine it on you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, so yeah, before we get out of here, uh, we always ask question, what advice would you give to your younger self or a younger artist um, about the creative path or even more specifically like tattooing? Um, yeah, for, I mean, for, for tattooing, I would definitely have pushed my younger self into really trying to seek out a proper apprenticeship and find a true mentor even though they're super duper hard to come by um and then i for art i just wish i would have been more consistent over the years of sticking with stuff you know i've been creative since high school and before and stuff but just never stuck with things pretty solidly Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, a muscle that if you're not working that out every day then you're going to start to lose it so right. I've definitely just had phases of creativity that have gone up and down because I'm not making that my focus mm-hmm. and so being able to do that and juggle and make sure you're doing other things but really, really like focusing on, on your work and your practice yeah I feel you on that one man. it's huge and I think, yeah, with, with tattooing, if you're interested in getting into it, it's just like, don't be a scratcher. Don't try and teach yourself. Get a mentorship. Educate yourself properly. There's right and wrong ways to do it. And I really set myself back by taking the approach I did. So, <laughs> you know, otherwise I'd be a few years further ahead on all this. But. Well, I love your work, by the way. Sometimes. Your tattoo work is as I was just digging you up and telling you I love your work and yeah you should um, stop. Yeah. Very nice. Appreciate it. Oh yeah. Funny oh, story guys. too, John. I just sent one of your uh, shirts to Japan this week. What? The, so you're huge in Japan. Hell yeah! <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I thought it was like, That's awesome. <laughs> oh, uh, the Threda shirts. Yep. Cool. Yep. Right on, man. Well. Thanks for making it happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
faux show. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it was good talking to you guys, though. Appreciate you uh, having me out. Yeah, thanks yeah, so man, much, man. Absolutely. That was awesome. We'll have to do it again sometime, too. No doubt. Yeah. And definitely. Once things are all less crazy, come up here and hang out. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, let's come up and hike soon. I'd love definitely. to. Definitely. Cool, man. All right, well, peace. Have a great night. Thank you so Take much. All yeah, right. peace, Ian. Thanks. Peace. Bye, guys. We love you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of RCAF Podcast. For additional images and notes on this episode, you can check out our website, rcafpodcast.com. And you can find me, Andrew Norris, at andrew.norris.arts on Instagram. And andrewnorrisarts.com is my website. I also have links on my website to episodes as well as all my best paintings. And you can find me, John Speaker. My website is johnspeaker.com. On Instagram, I'm at John Speaker, and on Facebook, John Speaker Art. And we want to give a special thanks to Blair Speaker, John's lovely wife and creative director of the podcast. She also updates the website and does all the podcast notes. So thank you, Blair. And we'd also like to thank Tyler Billman. He created the music for this podcast. You can find Tyler on SoundCloud and Instagram. His name is Get Billsman. That's G E T B I L L S M A N. Thanks again for listening. Peace. Thank you. (laughs) 